Welcome to the Lives of Courage podcast with me, Jessica Stong. Each week, we'll look at ways to choose courage every day, as I know even the smallest acts of courage matter. Through inspiration and action, we can grow into who we are truly meant to be. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, sweet friends. I'm so I don't know if thrilled is the right word to describe how I feel right now, but I feel honored to be having this conversation with you about something that I think matters deeply. It's a conversation that we often have at the surface level, and we often want to work out in our minds merely as a novel cognitive exercise, but it's something that impacts us so deeply. And it is that shame-blame trap, the shame-blame cycle. And here's the deal. I do not want you to experience any more shame or blame in your life. And I want to have a real and honest conversation today about how you extract yourself from this vicious loop. So I want to, we have two purposes today. I want you to understand the shame blame cycle. And then secondly, how to get out of it, how to stop it. And so much has been recorded and said, and there's incredible research and TED Talks by both um, Dr. Brené Brown's work, but also Dr. Kirk Thompson, Kurt Thompson's book, The Soul of Shame. And you guys know I draw heavily from his anatomy of the soul um, that, and that really informs my work, he, him with Dr. Um, Daniel Siegel, and also um, in part, Dr. Brené Brown, as they have this conversation about the way our brain processes and understands the, the shame in our lives, in our everyday lives. And I just want to start with um, Dr. Brown's definition of shame as the intensely painful feeling or experience of believing that we are flawed, we are deeply flawed, and therefore unworthy of love and belonging. Something we've experienced or done or failed to do makes us unworthy of connection. And you guys know that all of, of my work is centered around this fundamental underlying belief that we are unworthy and that unworthiness draw, like, drives everything in our lives, every hustle, every over um, performance, every reach, every pain at its fundamental core, right? Is this idea that we are unworthy of love, unworthy of belonging, unworthy of, of true, of living our true calling, right? And Dr. Kirk, Kurt, Thompson, I don't know why I need to say Kirk, um, says, though unpleasant, it's interpersonal neurobiological effects of shame are fascinating, right? While it simultaneously bends and twists our narratives, our stories into painful, 
constructs into painful storylines. It is ubiquitous, seeping into every nook and cranny of our lives. And that is so true. It infests not just our thoughts, right? But of course, our actions, he says, our sensations, our images, our feelings, and of course, ultimately our behavior, our thoughts, our emotions, our actions. It doesn't seem to go away. And people have been talking about shame. We see shame in the Bible. We see shame in every story throughout human history. Shame is what says that there is something wrong with me, fundamentally wrong with me, that I'm bad. Shame is an emotion. I feel shame because of what I think. And I should say that we feel, right? We feel the shame in our body. We feel this, this shame deep in our bones as we are creating thoughts, as thoughts have been given to us over the years about what we are good or not good at, who we are, or who we are not. And, and really this story of shame comes from some version of the story where we believe that something is wrong with us. And we're gonna explore our autobiographical narratives, really the stories we tell about ourselves. And shame comes up when things don't go how we planned or we wanted them to go. Shame results from this deep disconnection, this deep dis-ease from how we are seen as children of God, as loved, as created and a holy image. And that doesn't matter how you see God or how you define God, but we know that we are knitted together in our, in our mother's womb, whatever that may be, or whatever creation story that you believe. When you understand that you are holy and worthy and full of light, and you are confronted with this idea of shame and your unworthiness, shame of your un, un, unlovable, being unlovable, we, it, 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 it creates this deep conflict in our bodies, in our souls, in our minds. And here's the deal. I believe that we all have some version of shame, the shame story deep in our us, deep in our lives. And it is passed down to us from generation. We are seeing it in the in the in the in the Bible. We are seeing it in, in the way that we are taught on how women are, are constructed and how men are perceived. And if we don't have a managed brain. We don't take ownership of our own story, our own autobiographical narrative. With thoughts, we, we come up with thoughts like it's all my fault. I should have known better. This is all wrong because there is something wrong with me. Or if God loved me more, this wouldn't be happening. I wouldn't have made this mistake. I am unlovable. This terrible thing wouldn't have happened. So often, you guys know from my narrative was one of the deepest shame. Shame that I did not prevent a, an assault from occurring, that it was my fault and it was my obligation to carry. And you'll see that we go from shame to then blame, right? And this cycle repeats itself over and over and over again. We tell stories with more than just our words. And I want to be clear about this, more than just 
our words that we're telling ourselves, the words we are speaking in our brains to ourselves, what elements of storytelling, like the feelings, the thoughts, the words, the actions, the stories, the sensations, the beliefs are you paying attention to? And necessarily, what are you responding to as well? And so when we are telling stories with our bodies, with the way we treat ourselves, I, I, I always think about this as, as an um, extension of the conversation we had last week around self-care, right? If you do not feel worthy, if you do not feel loved, you're not going to take care of yourself. You are going to use that shame and that story of shame for further ways to perpetuate harm and blame towards yourself. That's why I say like you can purchase every program to learn how to eat better learn how to lose weight. But if you are still shaming and blaming yourself, you will not release the hold of whatever you are trying to punish yourself with. And I, I wanna say this, like there is so much to say about shaming others and blaming others, but I'm really gonna stick to this internal narrative and this internal struggle of shame and blame. We will, I promise to talk about the external shame blame cycle and how we turn that out a little bit today, but really understanding that we are focusing on our internal experience of shame right now. And I want you to know that when we are feeling like that negative emotion, that uncomfortable shame inside our bodies. We look for that release valve. We look for something that will allow ourselves to release the hold of shame on us, even if just temporarily. And so what often happens is we turn to blame and we we, we essentially get out, release that shame by blaming and the cycle of blame and shame is so toxic or shame and blame. And it leads to what external actions that harm ourselves, harm others to try to escape the unpleasantness of not feeling connected or not feeling loved or right or heard or seen or valued or loved all the above, right? I said love twice, but I think it's worth repeating. This cycle of shame blame, blame shame, shame blame makes us lose touch with the fact that we are all individual sacred beings, sacred beings having a human experience. And every single one of us we are completely worthy now. We are 100% love now and nothing, nothing can happen to take away that unworthiness. But we blame. It holds the view that only some of us are worthy, right? Or, per, or, or only when we participate in worthy action that we've decided is worthy, then we don't have to shame. And it's a dangerous worldview. 
It's a dangerous world to live in a world where you are only rewarded. You are only valuable if you are blameless. <laughs> because who is blameless? Who is shameless in this world? And so I offer this to you as, as blame is one of the worst things we can do to ourselves. It's my fault. My life is bad. It's my fault I was assaulted. It's my fault that I had COVID or MS or cancer. I did something wrong. I am to blame. Or, right, that's blame, internal blame. And then, right, we're going to look at the blame of others, that external blame as another release valve. And oftentimes that when we try to shame others, it's really in that us being able to not process that internal shame. So we need to then create it onto others. We need to add it to others' narratives because it's so painfully ours that that's the way we've learned or coped. And so when we blame others, we get out of feeling shame ourselves temporarily, right? This is all temporarily. We can blame someone else for how we feel. It's not about the other person. It's not about the person you're blaming ever. We all know that, right? But our brains want to think that. It's not about the thing you're blaming. Blame is so hard on yourself. The definition of blame, right, is to assign responsibility to something else, to someone else. And most of us are assigning responsibility for how we feel to other people, to the circumstances around us. To think about the person that you're applying responsibility to and like, you're like, it's their fault. Therefore, I don't have, I can alleviate this shame. Oftentimes, most of our lives are spent consumed by avoiding the actual feeling. So instead of saying, I'm feeling shame right here, what thoughts are creating that shame and how can I feel that shame? And process it, move on. And oftentimes it's not shame, it's actually fear. It's unworthiness. We feel that and we process it and move on. And I always say, like, it goes back. I'm so sorry. I feel like a broken record. But it goes back to the principle of cognitive behavioral psych that doctor just lost me. And I quote him all the time. Oh, sweet, CSE. Someone who... Uh, says, I'll, I'll put it in the notes. I cannot believe I forgot this. Um, the only thing that we have control over is constructing our own self-helping thoughts, feelings, and actions. We cannot control others. We cannot control our situations. The only thing we can control is us. And do you want to give someone the power to be responsible for your feelings, your emotions? Do you want someone else to be in charge of how you feel? 
don't think so. There's one person, there's one being that's in charge of, of, of how I relate, connect. And that to me is my higher power, my creator. For you, that might be your belief in the divine. And that is fine. But I'm not going about to give anybody else the power over how I feel. And I want to talk about something. Look at me just doing this. We don't forget to talk about it. Blame is so unhelpful. Delegating our feelings to someone else is so powerful. It disempowers us. You cannot change a person or a situation oftentimes. Then what? You won't feel better? The only thing that we can change is ourselves, what we are thinking, what we are feeling, what we were do doing. And, and I, I don't want to say this, that sometimes it's appropriate to assign responsibility for someone's actions. Like that you were held responsible for the consequences of your behavior, for your assault, for your yelling, for your, but I don't need to allow that person that needs to be held responsible to to be responsible for how I feel. I'm going to choose that. I'm going to take back my power. So I want you to think about that. Um, I recently, there is a person in power um, in my community who, um, I don't know how much to say because people in, in the community, Probably, no, this person doesn't greet me when he sees me, doesn't, um, I went to present and didn't acknowledge my presentation, but was at all the other presentations of everybody else that presented. I, I, I don't know, I have, I have spoken up, I have said that this isn't acceptable, certain things, but this person just doesn't like me, totally fine. Totally fine. I have, but I often was allowing that to get into my thoughts about how I thought about the whole institution, how I thought about the whole experience of presenting. And I was like, no, I am not going to let one person, I'm not going to give one person all the power for how I feel about a specific action or specific activity. I take my power. And here's the deal. I also believe that we have blame stories embedded in, right? We have them that we've created over the years. We've picked them up from family members. We, we've created this, like my life is the way it is because my family of origin, because I didn't learn how to love, I didn't learn how to process my emotions, or I'm to blame because I didn't do the thing that I should have done, I didn't get my PhD, or that my lack of success is because of my kids and I can't write the book because I have these kids that I have to take care of. We blame others, we blame our situations, our own lack for what has happened or what is happening in our lives. And that stops now.
sweet friends, that is disempowering. We have 100% control. And the only way that we change our stories is by changing and owning and being aware of the thoughts and the words that we have right now. We get to change and grow as we learn, as we experience more. So I invite you to also look at, I, I love this conversation, when we talk about have, have, how we blame others for how we feel and how we think, we're giving them, right, too much responsibility, too much power. We also, this is a side conversation that you guys know I love to talk about. When we struggle with this idea of being responsible for others' emotions, and this people pleasing so that you can control how they feel about you is completely flawed, right? That's why I often say that people pleasers, right? Like me are liars, not on purpose, but they're lying so that other people will feel better and not in a malicious way. I don't want you to think that I'm like, Yes, I'm alive, but it's not meant to be malicious. My people pleasing and my not owning how I think and how I feel is trying to control other people's feelings and thoughts. And we cannot take responsibility for how others think and how we feel. We can be connected and be present, but ultimately the power lives with them. And once we've realized that we're never responsible for how others think and feel, that we can do things in connection, in partnership with others, but ultimately it is up to them. We're not the ones making them happy. We're not the ones making them feel joy in all my work with my clients. It's never me. There's people will say like, thank you for all you've done. This has been so helpful. And I'm like, it's never me. I merely hold the mirror up to you. You are the one in full control and full power. I also feel the need to say this. I feel the need to say a lot of things, right? We make mistakes in our life. Always. You know, my biggest biggest, I think, um, deepest work is to get people to be ex accepting of mistakes, accepting of failure. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to still feel shame and want to blame. It's wired deep in our psyche, right? But I want to invite you into a new experience a new story, a new way of experiencing mistakes and failures. Because deep in your core, 
you come to know by changing your thoughts and emotions about who you are deep within that your mistakes, your failures don't change your value in any way. You're supposed to make mistakes. That's part of growing. In fact, I encourage women in the Courageous Life Society and all my clients to learn how to fail on purpose. Because when we understand that failure, nothing has gone wrong. Failure doesn't actually require shame. It's part of life, sweet friends. And we can change our narratives. So often we go back and forth, right? We just cycle through shame and blame and blame and shame because we believe that we are inherently flawed. We believe that something is wrong with us. Nothing has gone wrong, sweet friends. When you make a mistake or when you do something, when you took the low road, right? What you do is you catch yourself every time on the bounce. There is nothing involved in your life that is shame. And there is always someone to turn to. And I believe also deeply that it is the work to be seen, to be felt, to be known, whether that is in in relationship with others, in relationship with the divine, that work will change your story of shame. That work will change your story of blame. Because no longer are you looking for something external. You are seen and known and valued and cared for all the time. And as always, I want to stop, help you stop the cycle of shame. And we do that like everything, it seems like, through the and technique. So I want to teach you that. If you don't remember it from the past, or this might be your first time listening to me. And here's the deal, the and technique, it's an acronym. A is acknowledge. And acknowledging your primitive brain's response, you're gonna acknowledge that emotion of shame. Oh, that's the way my brain has always dealt with disappointments or mistakes or something happening to me that I didn't foresee or didn't want to happen. And this acknowledgement requires both awareness and intention. A deep awareness of what it means to be always creating, what it means to be stuck in that shame spiral. And even being stuck in shame, there is an opportunity for you to have compassion and courage. And so that that comes to the second step of the and technique, which is N, name. Name the need for a new way. Name the need, name your own power, name the need for courage, name the need for the technique you're going to use even. Like I'm name intentional awareness. Name the power that comes from changing your narrative. Name the narrative, right? Name the need for change. So A is acknowledging your primitive brain. N is name and and, and what you're going to do. The intervention 
the application. And D is for direct. Direct your focus. Direct your intention. Direct your action back to your power, away from shame and blame, if that is a cycle that is deeply wired in. Because please listen to me, sweet friends, you, you can change. Change is available to you when you are ready. And you do not have to do this alone. I feel so passionate about that. So often we are told and we are, that we are stuck, that we are alone in this process. You are never alone. And there are tools out there that can help you extract yourself from the shame and blame cycle. One, you can join the Courageous Life Society. Two, you can sign up for one-on-one -on -one coaching in a deeper connection, in a deeper way of being seen and being felt and being known and being heard. You can look for a therapist. You can look for a friend who is able to see you for all that you are. Sweet friends, you deserve to be away from the shame blame cycle because there is nothing in this life that makes you unworthy. There is nothing you can do or that you will do that will make you deeply unworthy of love. And when you recognize that, the whole world changes for you. Please listen to me. You are worthy now, not for what you do, not for how much you do or how hard you hustle, but for who you are. No mistake will change that. Nothing will change that, sweet friends. Okay. I love you all. Please know that this shame and blame cycle is not of love. Please, if you are ready, I am here to help you change your story. Okay, sweet friends. Thank you all. I'll see you next week. Have a great and courageous week. And as always, I want to remind you, if you want more information about how to work with me, if you really um, have heard anything on this episode that you're like, wait a minute, you can go to jessicastong.com. You can learn more information about the Courageous Life Society, a group coaching membership that really helps you take all this information and apply it. And also you can get more information about one-on-one -on -one coaching. Thank you so much and have a great and courageous week, everyone.